Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good? <laughs> What's good, Internet? It's awesome. I'm gonna keep this. I was gonna come in and sing and sing "Old Lang Syne" because it's it is it is uh, January. No, it's not January yet. It is still as as of this recording and as of, as of this release, December 31st, 2018. It is the last day of the year, and we are looking forward here at Waypoint Radio. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot? And old Lang Syne. It's like the old, the old fat. For you know, for old, for good, for the good old days. Should we just mm. you know think ahead for the good old days? Think back. Think positive. Be positive. New year. I'm Austin Walker. Joining me today, Patrick Klepek. I want to live in this future where it's my kid's not sick. I've not slept for two days, but I'm ready. I'm here for it. I don't give a shit. I'm just. I'm ready. All right, we're gonna knock out a couple pods today, and you'll be good Ooh. to go. Rob Zachney, also here. Are you excited to live in the future? Yeah, the future's been nothing but good. Every time the present becomes the future, I'm like, this is better than I thought, saw things going. That's been the arc of my life and my political experience. So, hell yeah, bring that future on. Oh, guess what? We're starting out good. January. I'm just going to jump into it. Today, Boom. we're going we're gonna to look ahead at the future. I'm just going to jump into it. We're going to go through the preview of what 20, 2019 has in store for us uh, in the world of gaming. Not necessarily in the world of heating up presidential primaries, uh, not in the world of, of uh, global economic uh, crisis, not in the world of uh, the, the world getting hotter uh, over and over and over again. We're just going to look at video games today and be happy and positive, and that's why I'm so excited to talk to you about fitness boxing on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch, the first release of the year. Uh, I'm going to get fit next year. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick up Fitness Boxing, an upcoming Xer gaming video game developed by Imagineer and published by Nintendo exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. That's the first video game of 2019. Uh, it has a playlist. Wait, this looks all right. It's being published link? by Nintendo, so... Yeah, I'm I linking mean, this. I, I didn't know this look, existed. Fitness Boxing contains a playlist of instrumental versions of popular pop songs. That's what like I'm saying. Pimple. I can punch to uh, an instrumental version... Of Avril Lavigne's girlfriend. So, hey, hey. Well, you can't. There won't be lyrics. So it's... Yeah, perfect. Oh, Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe. There you go. Actually, her worst sing... There are far better Carly Rae Jepsen songs to pick. We know that you're... Uh-huh, I know. I'm just you're saying. Also, wait, I there's know. like one chord strike that you could really throw a punch to and Call Me Maybe. Like, what What else? I don't know. It's just a really good punch. It is. Two Maroon Five songs. Oh I got, man. Ex- I got excited that Pitbull was on the soundtrack, but no, it's a Kesha Timber well, song. That song's all right. 
Kesh is good. Anything that gives Kesh money, I'm happy for. Can we uh, Kesh Timber Jeffson... Pitbull featuring Pitbull? Can it get, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen. That's not a feature, Patrick. That's just a whole nother Carly Rae Jepsen track. Oh. Depending on right. how you feel about Owl City, you know? Eh. Uh, uh, LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem, which, uh, as we all know, of course, is the same BPM as uh, as uh, Cruel Angel's thesis, the intro of of Evangelion. So I'm here for it because that means I can just take that punch track, whatever the route is, and just slide it over onto Cruel Angel's thesis, and it should make perfect sense. What I'm gonna love is when all these instrumental versions turn out to be like Tranquil Moods piano covers of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like you're standing there, your workout gear, and your fucking headband, you're ready to go, and like second. suddenly, just like a major key piano. Solo. Hey, can we look hey. at the, the genre this is in? What is it? What's it say? Exer gaming? Is yeah, that a thing? That's a thing? Is that a is that Exer gaming? Well, so here's the thing. Who, this is the thing who gave that a term? Nintendo, probably. The game is part of Nintendo's Fit series, but does not use the Wii Fit trainer. The default coach is Lynn, and there are a total of five other coaches, three female, two male, each with customizable appearances. Where the fuck is the Wii Fit trainer? Bring me back the Wii Fit trainer. Did the Wii Fit trainer get fired? What happened to the Wii Fit trainer? I would like to know what the status of the employment is of the Wii Fit trainer. Reggie, call me. Well, she's in Smash Brothers, right? Yeah, but like, is that a contract deal or is that like, like, is she salaried? Does she have health benefits? And him, if, if, if it's a, if Smash Brothers, and I don't like think the they WWE. cover anybody. Yeah. You think that's they're all they're all they're all filing ten ninety nines. They are yeah, definitely oh, yeah. independent contractors. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nobody's getting coverage. Oh, so you're 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 Smash Brother? Is, do I have that right? <laughs> um, let me ask you: uh, How many times would you would you estimate you've lost a stock in the last year being bashed <laughs> off a, a canyon edge into an infinite abyss? Just ballpark, dozen I just times. Think- I think the Smash Brothers deserve insurance. Is all I'm saying. I think they put their lives on the line for us. They're braver than the troops. Why you should know? those of hey. us? Why should people who are not getting bashed into the infinite beyond pay yeah. the insurance costs of Smash Brothers? I just don't you know, see it. When you talk yeah. to Reggie eighty three, uh, I'll bring it up next year. Just I'll like, hey, you know, we're, asking, we're asking every develop, we're asking every developer about labor questions, about unionization questions. What's up? With the contract status of the Smash Brothers. Of the Smash community. Brothers. Please. This brings us a step closer, though, to like. What if for the Switch they bring back Ubisoft Key Party? Oh, this my is God. what I'm saying. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on and see if that shows up. Next up, Mario and Luigi's ba- Bowser's Inside Story and Bowser's Ju- uh, Journey. Oh, there it is. Journey. There, that's not it. No, Bowser's <laughs> in. Hmm. Bowser Jr. had to come from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Bowser Jr. had to come from somewhere. So. Uh, that Bowser Jr.'s journey is like an expansion to Bowser's Inside Story, which is like oh, it's one a of remake, the... right? Yeah, it's yeah. a remake plus a little extra, and a little extra is Bowser Jr. Uh, I'm curious. I don't about think that. I played that one. I played people like the ones it a lot. that. Well, I played the ones that were on the the GBA. I don't think I played any of the Mario the games ones. on the DS. Yeah, um, this is the one where you go inside of Bowser. Yeah, that's why it's that. called that. You go in there and you look around and make sure he's okay. What's in there? You the story play to find out. You know what I'm saying? Play to find out what happens. You know, figure out. Giant Bomb's Brad Schumacher gave the game a five out of five, and the website later named it the best DS game of 2009. Wow, were y'all really? Were you there at the time? 2009. No, I'm years. I'm reading the the Wikipedia page and I'm just seeing yeah. the reception. Oh, the third installment of the Mario Brothers handheld RPG is the funniest and most engaging one yet. Can you imagine a world where Giant Bomb is still doing platform <laughs> awards? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, the best GBA game of, of 2009 is... It's an all-around fantastic portal game. It's completely worth playing, whether you enjoy it in bite-sized chunks or plow straight through it from start to finish. Thanks, shout Brad. To, shout out to Brad. I love you, Brad. Please don't be stressed about politics, Brad. Um, <laughs> well, next you, up. Had 20, you had 2019. <laughs> yeah, that's my New Year's resolution. It seems like, 20, seems like it's, it seems like 2019, yeah, we're headed down to ratcheting things down a notch. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. New Super Mario Bros. Uh, U Deluxe is coming out. I'm that's excited game, for this. You like that game a lot, Patrick. I did not play this one. Um, oh, so wait, I you played... didn't play New Super Mario Brothers? You? Uh, oh, this was the Wii U This one. is the Wii U one. So I right. played and really enjoyed New Super Mario Brothers on the Wii. I think I largely finished that game uh, four-player. Like, we all mm-hmm. just got together with some friends one night and got some beers and just, like, plowed our way through the entirety of the game. And it was, like, not a good platformer, but, like, it was a really fun, different way to play a game like that. Especially given, like, we were playing with my wife, who largely doesn't play games and and often will shy away from playing games because she mm-hmm. doesn't want to look like she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, like, just doesn't want to be embarrassed. I don't blame anyone for that. And so that game with the bubbles and just – it made it made it fun where you could just goof around and fuck off and not be any good and you were still and making still, progress. Right, right. Um, uh, but I had heard that New Super Mario Bros. U, um, and I think famously uh, – Jeremy Parrish, uh, Shout one, of, Jeremy ga- Parrish. Uh, one yeah. of gaming historians, a wonderful critic, um, who I just uh, released that uh, amazing uh, accessory for the Switch, actually. The oh, that one thing that's, is so fucking you, cool as hell, yeah. I mean, he didn't make it himself, he did it in collaboration with... He I designed think, it in his fan, garage. Fan Gamer? I think it was Fan Gamer, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, to allow you to play... Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, vertical shooters on your Switch by uh, rotating it. You and rotate it and like, put, put it the, in, yeah. So... Good, good dude. Worked with him for years, and he, he's done stuff for Waypoint that's great as well. But I believe he did a ranking of the best Mario Brothers games and oh. put this at the top. Yeah, that was right? for Polygon. He did that, and that was the most Jeremy Parrish thing right. he could have done. Was like, what is the best Mario game? It's none of the ones you, you're guessing it is. And right? I, it's and, not... and uh, I, you know, I don't know his motivation. I know that in ranking my own list, sometimes. Sometimes you put things at the top because you're trying to make a statement as well. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe he truly believes it is number one. Or by putting it number one, if you put it number two or three, you're not saying much about, yeah. like, it's not going to grab people. So, uh, but I've heard continually in, in the wake of that, that this game actually has some really terrific level design that you need to get over the fact that the art sucks. Um, <clears throat> and that if you are just fundamentally interested in a really good Mario platformer, that this is a radically overlooked one. So I just bounced on it because i was like i don't need another one of these when the wii u came out yeah. um but now i'm excited to sit down and actually um play and it's supposed to like be a decent game even if you're just playing uh solo so rob you had your hands in a, in a so formation. i had a dream the other night i'd forgotten Please. about this until patrick oh, mentioned it i'm so happy we're uh, here. i did a rating ranking all the total war games piece ages ago over at rock paper shotgun and <laughs> i thought I you did the, this in your dream <laughs> no i know I, the, the, the piece is real i dreamt I made of the, a world in which <laughs> In which I could do a top, top games list. At Rock Rob is moving the Overton window of what mm-hmm. you, we talking about trying to increase our expectations of what is possible politically. And right. in Rob's 2019, ah. you can write a top a list <laughs> top of ten list Total War games. I'd let you do it, Rob. If you pitched it to me, yeah. I... Listen, the people in the traffic department here would love it if we just did a bunch of fucking top ten lists. They would. So, in that list, though, I made the argument that, like, Rome Total War, the original one, was, like, super popular, but also fucks up the series. Because it's actually Mm. not a very good game. 
and its popularity kind of skews what Creative Assembly are trying to do with the series. Last night I had a vivid dream where I was playing Rome Total War and I liked it way more than I remembered. And I was like, oh no, this is a great game. I was just going for a spicy take. And then Rowan Kaiser Mm -hmm. descended from the sky. Wow. And said, I told you this was a better game than you give it credit for being. (laughs) I used to make mods for it. Is that true? Uh, I think so. I think he's, oh, that sounds I, like a thing Rowan would do. Yeah, I think he, I think he was part of a mod team trying to make. Okay. I don't know the the, the most <laughs> probably probably the most pretentious. I just uh, yeah, total uh, war mod. Yeah. I just need you to know that whenever anyone begins a thing with like a, I had a dream last night. And I'm very like very serious. Whereas I hear it all in the voice of Pontius Pilate from Jesus Christ Superstar, dreaming of what happens to Jesus. So now Rowan Kaiser has descended like Jesus uh, into your like your Roman uh, occupational palace to tell you you were wrong about Total War Rome, which really just plays all the way through. It lines everything up. So nice work. Uh, Parish in this list says. That uh, of all of the myriad sequels of of, new, of Super Mario Brothers three, New Super Mario Bros. U does the best job of wrapping everything great about Mario, both old and new, into a single package. It is it is a uh, he's he's written some stuff here that makes me think, oh yeah, this sounds like a good one. So it's, it, it is the thing that I was gonna probably play this anyway because I'm I'm just jonesing for a new Mario game and it's gonna be a while till there's a new proper one. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that and I was like, shit, like now he's got me thinking I've got a blind. Like I just I just dismissed that out of hand, despite like being yeah. you know the Mario guy, especially at Waypoint. It's like all right, now I need to I need to figure that one out for myself. So I'm that's I'm psyched that that's early in the year. Totally. Uh, there is. I want to be clear for people who are listening at home. Obviously, there are other games that are coming out around these and before them. We just have up the Wikipedia entry. We also have up a story from Games Radar, which has some slight differences because like that also has a game called Catastronauts, which is hitting Switch. <laughs> Uh, there's probably a lot of indie stuff. There's a lot of indie not, stuff that won't be on get. this list. But I'm going to yeah. try to look out for things that I know look cool on both of these lists. And there's stuff that won't be on the list on any list because it's indie, right? Yeah. Anyway, Tales of Vesperia, Definitive Edition, which is a repackage of a past Tales uh, JRPG. I've not played any of the Tales games. I watched Tales of Symphonia in college, but it's a JR. It's one of many JRPG series. Symphonia I, is a GameCube one. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that kind of like for a while there was. Yeah. Like a Nintendo exclusive series. Yes, uh, totally. People who had the GameCube were like, yeah, well, we get the Tales games. And I was like... <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because I, I know people like those games. People like but, those games. But, but I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, it's not Final uh, Fantasy. Then speak- again, Final Fantasy wasn't very good at that point. No, it wasn't. It was- Speaking of uh, re- remakes, re-releases, what is up with this Onimusha Warlords? It's the first game, right? Is it the no? is it a remake of the first game or is it just a re-release of the first game? It's a, it's a re-release. I think, you know, you know uh, scale-upped. Okay, you know, but no standard. New, this is not Resident Evil Two. No, the, which no, we'll get to. No. I mean, you you would hope that like this is setting the stage for like that. Capcom seems like they're setting themselves up to be doing what what Disney is doing with all yeah. of their cartoon <laughs> franchises right now, yeah. which is like you know they they played around with uh, doing just straight up updates, which is what, what this is, is just doing a high res update that, you know, it'll run on your PC and in modern machines and get cleaned up a little bit. But then it's like, yo, that sold surprisingly well. Go do the remake before you go do the big, or you do those things concurrently, you mm-hmm. know, to, to feed off each other. Um, cause you know, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but the RE2 one that comes out later in the month, like that is not a remake. That is more of a 
reimagining or, yeah. reboot. It, it is. It isn't just a, lot a remaster. Of, it is really truly no. starting. It, it from is the like new, new story threads. It is. Right. Uh, you know, it's from from what I played when I from what I've read. You know, that game is going to keep. You know, a lot of the same beats. You know, it's not like the ending is going to be different necessarily, but like they're they want to surprise players, and they're not necessarily uh, trying to be one to one faithful. I think they're trying to be faithful in the sense of. If you loved Resident Evil 2, it's going to have all the stuff you loved in Resident Evil 2, but it's not going to be, oh, you went down this hallway and go down that hallway, and it's like a better version looking of that, which I think is the right way to uh, to approach that. I'm, I, the bit I played at E3 this year seemed really good and genuinely scary um, in a way that just a repackaged RE2 wouldn't be. Right. Um, but uh, I'm curious, because I, I, for Anamusha, despite loving the RE games, and this just being you just Samurai RE, just, I never played any of the Anamusha games. They're not as not, good. Uh, I mean, straight up. Like, I, I played that original Onimusha, uh, like, you know, it was it was near, for me for me in my head, it was near enough the launch of the PS2 mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, hell yeah, let's see what this system can do. And at the time, it was, like, mind-blowing. But this, at the same time, like, there wasn't a lot to it. It was, like, a lot of lovingly crafted environments. But there wasn't a whole lot of, like, great game there. In... Wasn't it really short, too? It was I remember famously short. being, like, like really, like, like oh, no. <laughs> like, this game's, like, four hours long. Yeah, it's it's incredibly short. It ends very abruptly. And the other thing is, that if I recall, like, just major characters in that series that are, like, you know, crucial to the first game kind of just get discarded. They just vanish in, like, a puff of smoke. And it's oh, like, I well, that game's that. over. Yeah. And Great. at that point, like, so that's the weird thing. It's like, okay, cool that you're bringing this back. But at the same time, that was an experience that wasn't particularly beloved, I don't think. Like, it's a well-known name. But in my head, like, it's far from a classic. So I'm really, I'm really curious what's what's going on here. Anamusha was planned by Capcom as a trilogy. Its first title was originally developed for the PlayStation, but the project was moved to the PS2. Mm-hmm. The PlayStation version was scrapped and never released. It was about 50% complete before it was canceled. Anamusha's team's excitement over the PS2's capabilities resulted in that change. It originated as uh, literally just Ninja Resident Evil, which, yeah. Yeah, sure. okay, that makes uh-huh. sense. I'm going to go back really quick because I've now watched a video of Catastronauts, which mm-hmm. has a great name, and that game looks cool as shit. So we should check that out. That is a you, that that link? game. Can you put put a put the yeah, trailer yeah, yeah. in our? The thing that I'm just gonna say about it, it, you know, we don't need we don't need to really set it uh, or, or hit it for for a long time, but it is uh, Xbox, PS4, Steam, Switch, and it looks like it looks like FTL overcooked. So like a little bit like Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, but more like overcooked in that it's like an isometric perspective, and you're just like running around your ship, fixing things, and like loading your torpedoes and. It just looks goof, like a goofy good time. Oh, this is out already on PC. Oh, is it? Is it like early access? Oh, it's like yeah. out, out on PC. All right, well. It's look. out, out on PC. It came out uh, back in September. There you go. I wonder if that game is any good. I'll play that on Switch. It has mostly positive reviews. There you go. Shout outs to mm, review systems. Mostly no. positive reviews? No. no. They're not cats. Kato said, are they cats? I also thought they were cats. They're not. Cats would be, I bet you can unlock a cat. If they know what's good for them, you can unlock a cat. Uh, also coming out in January, they're re-releasing the Yakuza 4. There's a re- there's a remaster on Yakuza 4. They're continuing down that line. This is not a Kiwami. This is not Yakuza 4 Kiwami. The Kiwami games that were coming out for Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2 were like completely redone PS2 games that had completely new tech graphics put in, some new storyline stuff. Um, uh, and these are not that, as far as I know. Um... 
I'm going to keep moving. Uh, Yik or Y2K? Yik? Yik? I don't know how to pronounce Y2K. It's Y-I-I-K. A trailer for that during the kind of funny. They did. Thing that they that did they've a been showing. Weeks back. So I've been I've been seeing this game at like Paxes for years, right? It is an the Earthbound. Pitch is always it's Earthbound in Japan, right? It's, Basically, uh, I don't know if it's actually in Japan. Is it actually oh. in? Because it's a it's a Western team that's making it, and it's a very it's. It, my read of it was like it's Earthbound in the '90s. It's Earthbound, mm. but a '90s indie movie, or not a '90s indie movie, an indie movie by a '90s kid. Do you know what I mean? Okay, sure, yeah. Um, you fight with vinyl records. You have a Walkman. Uh, we did a. There was a piece a few years ago that we did, or I guess Zach, Zach Coster did for us about kind of what its inspirations were last year. Um, I'm glad it's finally coming out. It's been one of those things. It's like I've been waiting for it for a long time, uh, and so I'm, I'm curious to see how it how it is. It has a really cool style. Uh, has kind of um, not like cell shaded, but like there's a, a sort of a comic booky vibe with it. I would say. Um, it looks kind of neat. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's like a lot of flat shaded yes. uh, textures. Um, kind of uh, like a really clean PS One. Yeah, game, that's I a good way of thinking I, about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah like not, I mean, in, in the in the way that uh, like sometimes when folks do like, oh, we made an eight book game, but it's not like there's making like an eight bit or sixteen bit game and like limiting yourself to the technical limitations of those that hardware, or are you just inspired by the aesthetic and then you're sort of like what could we do with that aesthetic in 2018 and right. that's that's kind of the the vibe i get totally from the look of this game totally and it looks like you know like um like a lot of jrpgs that it's clearly inspired by like very active or interactive combat stuff like it's menu based but you're like oh jam on the button or hit these buttons in this order to do extra combos um stuff like that uh, it has a it really does have a good look i think um I think Cameron Kunzelman is going to take a look at this for us, and, and maybe the humor is going to be the is the big yep. question mark on that, 100%. right? So it's like if for what they're saying they're going for, that would be easy to to miss on. A hundred percent. Rob, have you played the Ace Combat games? Because Ace Combat Seven is out in January, also January eighteenth. No, no, you never fucked around with those in your. I mean, I think they've always fallen. Yeah, go ahead. So the thing is, I. Let's go back to 90s PC gaming real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the sim genre used to be like one giant happy family. And there were like mm-hmm. more serious sims, like like Falcon 3.0 for ages, and then later Falcon 4.0. Or like basically your your hardest of hardcore that became the, the DCS series of right. today. Uh, the equivalent where basically you're trying to model like one-to-one every system aboard a military aircraft. And then there was lighter stuff that, you know, secret weapons to lift off of. Right. But in general, like sim players kind of played all of it. And then things really started to diverge and like the sim lights got lighter and lighter and had less to do with like anything approaching actual flying and it became more like arcade games that were closer to like Top Gun than like Jane's Longbow, for instance. I've always sort of regarded Ace Combat is a little bit more in that like oh, arcade wow. to the point of 100. not really being my jam. Okay. You I so I think you're right. Uh, probably, especially for Rob of that era, where you had your flight needs met by good simulators. Um, and I, I was playing, I was playing both of these things at the time, right? I was, I was, I was definitely like playing the Janes and the, the God. There was another major flight, or like you know, just I was just I was straight up just playing flight simulators still. Like I was straight up just like, yeah. wow, it's fun to be in a plane. 
it's fun to figure out how to like turn all of these settings up all the way and take a plane off a runway. Um, but I was also in the need. I had the uh, the need for speed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that played, but I did the I did the teeth bite, which is probably a thing I shouldn't do with my fucked up teeth. Um, uh, and also the thing I liked is um, uh, what's that thing called? Anime. I liked anime a lot. Uh, <laughs> and these things, these motherfucking games, go to some weird war anime places eventually. With good war anime, it's war anime. Uh, more serious, more serious than like Valkyria Chronicles. Like okay. it's not, it's well, not well, Valkyria serious though. Yeah, but I mean, like it doesn't even have at no point in in Ace Combat Four do you get into a fight with a rival, like a rival flight platoon. That's not what those are called, flight group, whatever. Uh, uh, inside of the courtyard of a town you're occupying over bread, which That's is true. something that happens in Valkyria Chronicles Four. You do take over a town, decide to buy their bread. There isn't enough for two different companies, and you decide let's have a paintball match. In, in around the homes of the people we're occupying, and it will it will seem like a good fun time. Patrick, uh, that game owns. We'll talk about it soon. <laughs> that game does fucking own. It's on my list too. Uh, so he's got about seven hits. Uh, I played the VR version of the, or the VR stuff in this last year. And that yeah, kind I played of, that at E3. It, it was pretty cool. That stuff is cool. That stuff just feels really cool. Um, the like punching through the clouds to get up to like the higher level, just like whoo, really cool. Uh, I'll I'll check that out probably. Um. Uh, also out, uh, did I just jump past, I just jumped, no, I didn't, it, it's releasing twice, I see. Uh, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. This is a new No More Heroes? What is this? I missed, uh, I, I briefly, kind of missed this. I've briefly seen it at various events. It's Switch. It's not, it's Switch, it's not, it, uh, the way Suda51 has positioned it is that, uh, inspired by a lot of the indie games he's loved, you okay. know, over the years, he wanted to both collaborate and incorporate like there's characters from like um ugh, the games are escaping me but like various indie games are going to have some iconography or characters that kind of weave in and out mm. of a bunch of these smaller scale i don't know if they're quite mini games i think they're more on the mini game side uh, th- uh, uh you know that you're interacting with like this isn't if you what you wanted was a third entry that's like a large scale brawler in, in right. the vein of what one and two were like this is not that and to that end, like both the couple of times I've seen it, it hasn't really. I mean, maybe it'll be fine. I didn't actually sit down and play it, but there wasn't much. Uh, uh, I mean, those two, those games were fine for the time. Like, I don't know that I was like chomping at the bit for like a third <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, Travis uh, game. Um, so I don't know. I'm I, I don't have like strong feelings on it one way or the other. Yeah, I feel you. Um, let's keep moving. Uh, Resident Evil Two. This is a this is maybe the first like drop everything release for me this year uh it it I, and, and they're trailer... picking the same spot as as uh re7 like they mm. have stumbled upon uh like a capcom basically like eight months out has just been positioning things at least for resident evil in like the january slot that's where re7 dropped and this is where re2 dropped and it's like a really cool interesting time for for them to stake out for like a big tentpole release Every trailer I watch of this game makes me more excited about it. I I liked RE2 a lot when I when it first came out. I've never gone back to it. Um, I still have a you know the memory of like trying to unlock hidden characters and doing weird runs of that game. Never, I was never able to do um, not taco tofu, tofu. Um, tofu. Yeah, which yeah, requires yeah. you to beat the game yeah, in like either. in under 
three hours or something r- ridiculous like that. Um, I mean, I, I did some of those speed runs in like a GoldenEye sort of fashion, but I, I eventually, I think I just game sharked my way into Tofu just so I could see. So For people don't know, like there's uh, like there are speed runs you can do of RE2 or beating the game in different ways to unlock what they call different scenarios. Like the RE games uh, would constantly have these little secrets that like allowed you to play as a different character so you could see the action from a different angle. And um, one of them was Tofu, who is a, literally a walking piece of Tofu um, that can one of them. Zombies. One of them was like an umbrella soldier named Hunk. Yes. Uh, yes, hunk. Yeah. Yes, hunk. the hunk scenario. The yes. Hunk scenario. Yeah, totally. Um, that game. So it's it's. We've talked about it before. If you go back and listen to our E3 stuff, we can hear Patrick having seen it. Uh, I, I. It just. It has such a strong aesthetic to it. It's so interesting to me because it is not continuing the push that RE7 did in terms of like that close first person, intimate, like truly frightening stuff. Well, I was. Going I think to... they're doing both. Yeah, that's so, what I was going to um, ask. Mm, is like, mm. does this. Does this mark like okay? We're we're going to sort of update Resident Evil Two, and that's going to be our direction here because that direction ultimately no. leads to where the series kind of peters out. Or are we going to see something else along the lines of RE Seven, which I think we all agreed also rocked in its own way? Yeah, yeah. They've ar- they've already said that the RE Seven team is working on their own thing. Like these are separate teams. Um, cool. And that whatever the RE Seven team is working on, which I'm sure is just RE Eight. Um, is it's like trying to take the lessons of RE7 and uh, go from there. I'm worried still about it, though, that the lessons from RE7, which sold well but wasn't as big of a hit, from what I understand, as Capcom was hoping, mm. um, that they don't they don't lean into the action part of it. Um, yeah. I thought I thought like the first half of RE7 runs like a really fine line, mm-hmm. and then especially the last third of that game just turns into a shitty action game that I didn't particularly care for. Um, so I'm curious, but I think it's cool that they're doing both. Like, I think it's neat to see them go back and yeah. sort of reimagine to a, to a, to a limited degree, what uh, those older games are. I'm actually, as much as I'm excited to go back to RE2, like I'm more excited to see them like reimagine like the more divisive ones, like an RE3, um, right. which people remember, um, you know, the Nemesis character, but that game was that nearly the success that RE1 or 2 was. That was kind of like the beginning of Capcom sequelizing that series at a rate that was starting to burn it out um, before they, you know, completely reinvented it with RE4. So right. I, I think this it's feels This feels like, I mean, like the quick glance at the way gameplay looks gives you RE4 vibes. It gives you like, okay, yeah. this is a third person horror, you know, uh, uh, survival horror game. My hope is, you know, limited on the the ammo. Let me be really, you know, frightened about getting into combat scenarios. Make me want to run and use a knife instead of blowing through all my ammo. Um, uh, that I don't know. Like it, it, there is something about the look of it that makes me very excited. Which is like a, a strange thing, or not a not a particularly helpful or useful way to characterize excitement. It's just like I don't know, man. I look at it, I get excited. Like, but but I am for whatever reason. I think maybe it's because I know enough of the beats. Um, I still remember enough of the beats. I was like, oh, man, I, I want to see how they redo that stuff. Uh, there was just like a, a, a genuine curiosity about it as a project 
um, that that makes me uh, pretty pretty. I'm I'm anticipating it as a, as a fun thing to do early in the year. You know, also yeah, I stop. I, like, yeah, I, I want the popcorn. Like part of it for me is just oh, hell yeah. it's going to be a big popcorn game for me. Well, it's the it's the you know it's the aliens to alien mm-hmm. um, jump um, for for that franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's still more RE1 than RE4, you know, which t- you know, kind of takes that to its sort of logical, more extreme conclusion. Yeah. Actually, that's more like RE6, honestly. But um, uh, it's 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 horror-y, but not nearly to the degree that RE1 was. And so I'm curious. It seems like they're actually taking RE2 and trying to push it closer tonally to to, to Resident Evil 1. Right. Um, which is interesting, because I, I, pr- I preferred that as much as I really loved RE2. Mm-hmm. And so I actually just stopped watching... I, I've played that game at E3. I have not watched a single bit of it since because like the whole fun of it for me is like I want to be surprised by the way they reimagine and contextualize things. So it's like, man, I know there's a kick-ass alligator boss in this game. <laughs> I don't want to see what that alligator looks like to that motherfucker's trying to chomp at me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, I'm gonna keep moving on, except I'm gonna move backwards again for a quick second. Rob, is this real? June or uh, January 23rd? At the Gates is coming out. John Schaefer's At the Gates is, has a release date. Yes, indeed. For real, for real. This for I, real, only, for real. This has been. We talked about this game four years ago on a Three Moves Ahead. I was yep. living in a I was living in a dirt cheap apartment in Canada when we last talked about this game. Maybe what what. What what is this game for people who don't know what at the uh, at the gates is and, and why am I so befuddled or surprised oh, by its eventual boy. release? Okay, uh, so John Schaefer uh, was the lead designer on Civilization Five. Yeah, which is a big Civilization. I, I mean, remains yeah. like I think their bestseller. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Or, or yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, Definitely their bestseller. Yeah. Uh, after making that game, he leaves for Axis and he does a Kickstarter for At the Gates, which is kind of like it has some ideas about like what to do to like take the Civ model in interesting new directions. And the setting is uh, like kind of late Roman Empire, but it's also partially about like climate change as well. Like one of the things that drives the fall of the Roman Empire is the fact that like. It is a period of worsening winters, and people are pushing uh, further into southern Europe trying to, like, find decent uh, farmland, places they can sort of ride all this out. So the idea is, what you have here is kind of a fall, (laughs) a late empire strategy game about the people sort of trying to dogpile in. And when do you make your move on the empire? When do you turn on your fellow uh, clans or tribes and try to, like, take their land? Uh, So it's really, like, you know, if civilization is all about, like, building one city and just sort of expanding outward from there, you're sort of like a giant ink blot across the map. At the Gates is much more 
uh, dynamic. You're not really solving problems permanently. You are pa- like you are pausing, resting, rallying, recu- recuperating, and then eventually you have to overturn the strategic status quo again and get moving again. This game was supposed to come out years ago, and it kind of entered development limbo. And uh, I think a lot of people started to wonder if it was ever going to see the light of day. Yeah, the the estimated delivery on the Kickstarter was June 2014. Yeah. So this will be January 2019. That's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the, in the meantime, like, I mean, honestly, I, I've, like, I've talked to John about this. Uh, yeah. He has... Uh, so John, John and I are friendly. We've known each other for a number of years. Um, and so like a number of things happened in his life uh, with the, across the development of that game that threw a lot of curveballs uh, into yeah. the middle of it. We might talk about that more as we get closer to release because I think he does want to sort of discuss exactly uh, what all happened here and really the kind of toll that doing this takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the other the other thing that happened is he was also setting himself design challenges that he didn't really know how to solve at first. Like the, the initial like builds of that game that went out, people didn't really love them. People like, you know, like the idea, but the game just wasn't that fun was kind of the feedback he was getting. And he had an interesting setting and idea for a direction of a strategy game. Didn't actually know how to solve those problems. Hopefully in this new, new edition, he's, he's figured that out. Uh, So I'm very curious to see what the, the final result actually is. Yeah, totally. Um, King, you know what, Patrick, you're a fan. I know you. Uh, you've kept. Well, you were genuinely shocked by this revelation. I a was couple of a couple back. weeks ago. Yeah, I really, truly was. Kingdom Hearts three is out uh, on uh-huh. January thirty first. I want to be clear, real quick. I just want to like real quick. I want to clear the air. Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts has done nothing for me in my life, but it's also done nothing to me. I'm not wounded by Kingdom Hearts. I don't think it's, like, a bad thing. I want to make sure people don't think that, like, my any jabs I make towards the complexity of its story. It's like, we all like big, weird, goofy fantasy shit. Like, everything is convoluted as hell. Go to the Star Wars Wikia. Go to the, sorry, go to Wikipedia. It's all a fucking mess. Um, I do think that, like, the fact that those Kingdom Hearts games are spread out across, like, three or four platforms, not counting the mobile game and the browser-based game. And the titles. And also the titles, like, encourage a sort of antagonistic <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, exactly, totally. Like, 368 over 2, or whatever, 365 sure. over 2, whatever it is. Um, I am very happy for the fans of the Kingdom Hearts series. They are finally getting Kingdom Hearts 3, the first, like, true sequel, The first, not true sequel, the first numbered sequel since Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, when? 15 years ago? 18 ago. years ago? Yeah. Some ridiculous amount of time. Kingdom Hearts 2. You made it to PS2 game. 2005, so 13 <clears throat> years ago is when Kingdom yeah. Hearts 2 came out. There have been a number of other games since then. Uh, you know, you have your, 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 I guess, Chain of Memories came out just before that. You have your, can you, oh man. I just it, sometimes I think about the Kingdom Hearts fan in 2004 who is like, oh, I loved Kingdom Hearts in 2002. Now I'm going to play Chain of Memories on the is that a, is that a GBA game? That's probably a GBA game. Yeah, GBA. I believe so. And then yes. next year I'm going to get Kingdom Hearts two. I'm going to get two Kingdom Hearts games back to back. You leave Kingdom Hearts two, and you must be like, man, by 2008, Kingdom Hearts three is going to be out. I'm going to have probably one little mini game between now and then too. And it has been 13 years. Um, I'm not going to go through the list of all of the games that have come out. We did this over lunch the other day, Kato and Natalie and I, and there are a lot of those games. Patrick, how are you feeling about Kingdom Hearts 3? 
so yeah, I, uh, I I played the first two, I think, back-to-back um, after they came out. Um, it was part of a collection. I just finally got around to playing them, I believe, right after I had moved to San Francisco. Like, that's when I, in my head, I remember... I think I started them in college, graduated, and then maybe finished Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, my uh, wife and I had the smallest apartment in the world um, in San Francisco. Um, and, uh, yeah, I grew, I grew up in Disney. Like, right. like, Disney animation was, like, a foundational text as, as a child. And so, the like, the, the notion of an interactive, like, Disney world where you get to run around and be in those worlds and that, I, you know, hand-in-hand hand with Disney being – sort of Disney animation being foundational to me as a kid, uh, JRP, is made by Square, mm-hmm. um, or rather Squaresoft, please. Um, Different time. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, we're, you know, Final Fantasy three Chrono Trigger were like just, I mean, I was obsessed with, with those games. Like that filled my summers um, uh, when I was a kid. And so, that, I mean, that I fell for that initial pitch of Kingdom Hearts. Like, like why not both? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, why not both? Um, and I remember at the time... Playing through them, not being particularly enthralled by the mechanics. Like, uh, I know that Kingdom Hearts 2 is a pretty big leap from one mechanically. Um, but just nothing about them really stuck. And the story is in them just didn't grab me at all. So I was mostly playing them like, I want to see what You're the next the world Disney is. Disney fan service player. Uh, yeah, that was mo- that was most of most of what I was, was in it for. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in the time in between, like, yeah, I mean, I think... The jabs of Kingdom Hearts like come from a place where it's the Kingdom Hearts fans get upset really quickly, and so and like anything else, like yeah, it's gotcha. it's funny to like poke fun at people like because they get really upset over it. Um, but I I also like you know played those first two games. I'm I am someone that is you know self professed love to see convoluted lore try and find its way to a conclusion. Yeah. So while I am not going to play all those games again, I am like I I did some research on like what videos to watch and like. Like the three hours of stuff I can like wrap my head, get back in position yep. for because I don't know how good of a job Kingdom Hearts three is going to do or care about like catching you up. It may just it may Throw just rightfully assume in. like yeah. if you're playing this in, you're all the way in, you're ready to go. Um, but yeah, I'm here for I'm I'm going to 100 play and beat Kingdom Hearts three. Um, I I, I want to see where that nonsense goes. I've also been um, in touch with uh with at least one very good writer who's a diehard deep dive Kingdom Hearts fan who like has played all of the side games. Uh, this is to, why you're to... trying to be nice to Kingdom Hearts now. Why? Is this are you trying are you trying to patch up the damage we did at E three with Kingdom <laughs> Hearts? <laughs> damage and... did we do any I don't think we did any damage at E three. I just you know I'm not interested in it. I'm not. And but I am interested in things in my life and I know the joy I there, so uh, Last Jedi came out a, a year ago last week, uh, and there's a shot at the end of that movie of Luke Skywalker looking out at two sons, and I was just like started bawling in the theater, which I did not expect to happen at like I nothing like I have not I not I've not watched the original Star Wars in a decade probably right, um, and it was like oh wow I have this deep well of a thing that I that has been burrowing in my heart for twenty years thirty years my whole life and I have this deep connection to this work that. 
I that is so background radiation level that I don't even think about it day to day. It's just there. And so I know what it's like to have these momentary spikes of deep, intensive, intensive love for a franchise, which is a fucking terrible way to say it. But it is the way in which we relate to media in, in 2018. You are listening to a podcast produced by a billionaire company that, uh, that, that we work for. And there is like brands are in our fucking lives. And so even though I don't like Disney at all, even though like I haven't finished a Square game in since they were called Square <laughs> Squaresoft, I still mm-hmm. get the what that intensity is like, and so I'm interested in that intensity, even if I have criticisms of the the systems in which they're made, the ways in which branding deals happen, you know, the entirety of Disney as a company. I know what that emotional. I know where that emotional response comes from. Also, it's anime, and I'm you know what? I gotta fly the flag. I gotta fly the anime flag for somebody. Someone's got to do it. So I just like my part. I think part of my discount of Kingdom Hearts is actually related. I mean, Brad Schumacher and I would talk about this all the time at Giant Bomb, where it's like I have such an affinity for Square, but like so have no affinity for Nomura's approach mm. to Square. So like the moment he became sort of like the figurehead and creative lead um, in so many ways at Square, like I just sort of fell off them as a company in a lot of right. ways because like his aesthetic, his storytelling, his can't finish a goddamn game and just ship the fucking thing um just all of it i just like i just kind of threw my hands up mm-hmm. and i mean like while it's reductive to to pinpoint a single man for being like <laughs> like uh, uh uh the reason we're having a falling out for like the larger creative work of a company like it was around that pivot to his era where he was becoming sort of the center of the the square universe that um like I just fell away from the company, but I want to see, you know, yeah. I want to see where it goes from here. I want to see, and again, like I think I mentioned in the past, like I, you know, as much as I troll, I get excited for people getting excited about things, even if a thing doesn't excite me. Um, but I also like seeing, I, I want to see it for myself as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, it, we'll have both things. We'll have the genuine Kingdom Hearts fan who who loves it top to bottom it, for what it is, and then I will also play. And you Kingdom will Hearts also 3. play, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> Um, I just quickly scanned, and I think that's the last. The last Square game I beat was Front Mission Four for two, which was in two thousand three. PS one or PS? That's a PS two. It's, right? it's yeah. the last one that was that was localized here. Five is is has a fan patch that I've been like waiting to play for years. I have it on my computer. I, I imported the game years ago, and just like, oh, it's all in Japanese. Whoops. And so there's a fan patch for it. One of these days I'm going to play Front Mission 5, and that means I'll have the last Square game I'll have completed <laughs> will have been from 2005. <sighs> so I'm working through. You know, I played other ones. I just haven't finished. You know, Fortune Street. I played Fortune Street. Does that count? Probably not. That's a – sure. That's a cool game. Um, We need to go faster I know. We list. do. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Uh, God Eater 3 is Monster Hunter, but anime, sure. Trials Rising, I don't know that I need another Trials game. Crackdown 3 is a real thing, and it's coming out. Sure. I'm curious to see what that single player... I'm just curious to see what that thing ends up being. It could be a a trash fire. I think there are reasons to think it could be a trash fire, but I'm also hoping that maybe it's come together at the last second in a way that will surprise us. I saw a demo of it two years ago now, and I was like, oh, this is ambitious. Like, some of the storytelling, not, like, the storytelling. who knows what that game even is that's exactly my question. It's like, there was a degree... It's studio. There was a degree of, like, ah, the city will change around you in in, in interesting ways, where I was like, yikes, this seems like a lot of work to pull off well, and maybe it'd be easier to cut some of this stuff. So, we'll see. Uh, Dinner Life 6... 
Um, I don't know what the I don't I'm curious what the fighting game scene thinks of that that series in general. I just don't know. Uh, there's been such a, a renaissance of non like Tekken is in a great place right now. Uh, Dragon Ball is in a mm-hmm. great place right now. Like there are lots of non Street Fighter games that have made plays at gaining popularity and, and, and partially because they're great to watch. Like Tekken Seven is a great fucking game to watch competitively. I love watching Dragon Ball Fighter Z, um, but I'm not. Sure, we're dead or alive. It's in there. Not an expert. Oh, uh, we uh, briefly just—I want to mention that we uh, we overlooked that the third episode of The Walking Dead. Oh yes, uh, will be coming out in January from um, Skybound. A co- Skybound having cobbled together at least some uh, elements of the team that was working yeah. on that series. Not everyone. Um, it's unclear. I, I you know, from there is... my own understanding of that game's production is that the third episode was like pretty far along, in which it was like not. It was very, it was very realistic to understand a team coming in and getting that to the finish line. Whereas, like episodes uh, four and five, like especially five, like I think it had maybe done a table read yeah. at the time that uh, Telltale shut down. Like it, there was no assets built, like there was no scripting um, done. Um, so I, you know, as someone that really, really, genuinely liked the first episode, I haven't played the second because I was like, well, what's the point of playing that if I'm not going to get the rest? Um, I'm curious to see both from like a production like bigger picture like labor like question standpoint what that thing is and where things fall out um and then as someone that was enjoying the storytelling arc they were going for the final season i'm at least happy that that will see a, a conclusion for clementine just real quick because i don't think it's on the list mm-hmm. you're working from austin no uh, supposedly not. in february we get the occupation uh which is that adventure game uh from the developers behind ether one but the occupation is kind Ooh. of a like political thriller set basically in the wake of a terror attack and on the eve of the passage mm-hmm. of like a patriot act style bill in a country that's like an analog for great britain and the trailers look really good we ran a really cool preview of it earlier this year right um it just looks like it might be my shit at mm-hmm. least like you you know i'm always there for my moody 70s style political thriller yeah yeah uh, the occupation looks like that kind of game and that is something that I'm really hoping pans out. Yeah, I, I will definitely keep an eye on that. Um, as Patrick said, we need to keep moving here. Uh, so that day, the day that Dead or that I was just saying, Crackdown Three, Dead or Alive Six, Far Cry New Dawn. This is all February fifteenth. Far Cry New Dawn. You can go back and listen to what we what we said during the right after the Game Awards about what we feel about that. Nothing's changed. Jump Force, which I watched a trailer for today. Jump Force is. It, oh man, I'm not gonna get in. That's the anime mashup, it's, it's right? An, right. So Shonen Jump is a long running, um, uh, kind of manga. Is, is it is Shonen Jump weekly? It's a weekly, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that collects kind of issue by issue a lot of different uh, kind of Shonen comics, which are like boys' adventure comics. Is like the very broad and reductive way I'm, I'm describing that. So that is your Dragon Balls, your One Pieces. Your Death Notes, your what else is is Shonen Jump? Uh, why am I blanking? Bleach is Bleach yeah. Shonen Jump? Uh, yeah, Bleach. I believe it is. Uh, uh, you know, action action anime where people hearts are filled with, you know, hot blood and justice and and friendship and love. Um, uh, and it is like a big crossover fighting game, but with like character customization. I definitely saw somebody make a Yu Gi Oh, Yu Gi Oh type character who is doing. Of Goku Spirit Bomb, so I'm all the way here for it. Uh, that looks, <laughs> it looks like they keep unroll, they keep. 
I thought it was going to be a game where you have, like, eight characters to pick from or, like, 12 characters to pick from, and you, like, it, okay, you fight them in an arena and it's an arena battler, and now there's a story mode and there's a demon. There's a whole bunch of shit going on. Um, so I'm going to fucking play that stupid game. God damn it. Uh, also out that day, Metro Exodus, which got moved up a week, I believe. I believe that we got moved up to February. 5th. Yeah, to February fifteenth. Yeah, so from nervous. so nervous. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna me go too. see it in January. There's a January event coming up, so I'm gonna yeah. go take a peek at that and hope that I can come away being like, "Yeah, it looks great." I, uh, I, pl- I played 45 minutes, an hour yeah. of it at PAX, and it was just by the time I got 45 minutes to it, I was just settling into it. So it was just yeah. I, I definitely got. I a don't rushed, know what to make of it. Uh, it definitely felt rushed, like when, when I played it, but like the the. The, like, I had an hour-long demo. Maybe it's the same thing where you're, like, out in this, like, church in a marsh uh, mm-hmm. out in yeah, the world. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to show particularly well in, like, an abridged, like, 45-minute, one-hour seating. But at the same time, what I did play didn't, like, and I am, like, when it comes to Metro, like, that series, like, that could just be that, it could open with a five-minute cutscene of that, of some, of a character talking about, like, rude things they've done to my mother, and I'd still be like, oh, hell yeah, like, let's do this, I love Metro. <laughs> this, this is, is my more. Yeah. Totally. And so, I didn't have that reaction, I'm worried. Um, I'm gonna be me real quick and just note one thing that just struck me about the Shonen Jump game, which is the, there's, like, a, a Shonen Jump weekly app that just finally hit in English that brought a ton of, like, Dragon Ball and Naruto and uh, My Hero Academia stuff to U.S. and or to, to English readers for the first time yesterday. So I'm super – this feels like a big play for that entire company. So I just wanted to make that statement because I'm curious to see if that can find an inroad the way that comics have found an inroad to new audiences in the last six years. I'm not saying this is the same thing as uh, the Avengers, obviously, but I think there is a world in which that's the case. Uh, so yeah, Metro, uh, and then we get we get a week we get a week of no we don't get a week off we don't we don't we don't because the next week is Anthem the next week is Anthem and everything seems to have gotten out of its way, which I didn't think was the case because I like, Metro was on that day originally I thought something else was yeah. on that day originally maybe it got pushed back a week, um, but like Anthem is on the twenty second and. I am so curious about Anthem. I watched a big stream about the loot system in that game that got me excited last week. Um, there's some cool builds. There's some cool like, oh, okay, I see how I see how the loot in this game is distinct from something like Destiny, but still has some comparisons to be made. Right? I saw somebody make like what? Like so what? Like so what? so so you can make a build where the guy made a build where, uh, you know, in Destiny you have abilities. You're like, oh, I have a grenade and I have like a melee ability. Uh, Anthem right. was a, sim- a similar way. He had a, like a rocket launcher on his right arm, like a, like a, like a little rocket wrist rocket thing, and then a grenade on his left. And there's other, there's a billion other things that you could do there. Not a billion. But there's you know other other types of weapons to equip their uh, special abilities, lightning strikes, etc. Um, and what he had was an ability that was like when you're hovering, your cooldowns for those abilities are half as long. And so he built all of his other hmm. stuff towards reducing the heat from his from flying around so that he could fly for longer right. periods, right? But then there was another build that he was talking about making where he could just be really tanky and where, like, doing melee attacks would have given him shields to, to resist incoming damage. He put on, like, a shield briefly that just straight up bounced projectiles away from his, like, hovering exosuit thing that looked really cool. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm choking thinking about mechs. Um <laughs> the, choking, up, choking, choking up, choking up, choking up a little bit. Um, and so, like, those are the things I wanted to see. I don't want to see 
like the numbers going up. I mean, that's part of it, and that will that will scratch a certain itch where it's like, oh yeah, you've yeah, done, sure. you do twice as much damage, you do extra fire damage. They also showed the combo system, which is really neat. Uh, if you've played like Mass Effect or Dragon Age, you know that one of the things that in those games you can do sometimes is like put enough of a status effect on somebody that they get the status effect, and then you can like detonate that status effect. So you have them, like, frozen, and then you do enough damage, and they just, like, fucking shatter, right? Or they're fiery, and you, you mm. detonate it, and the, the fire does big AoE damage to everything around it. They were showing that off and talking about how the classes actually do different things with it. So, like, the ranger, who's the starting class, does... When you detonate, you do, like, direct damage. But the the storm or whatever, the elemental mate, like, the, the cyber wizard, uh, spreads the, the debuff to everything around it. I'm like, okay, I can see how this stuff could end up being really fun to play in a group. Uh, I still have big questions about that world, about those characters. Like, nothing they've shown me has made me care outside of, like, armor designs and the right. flight feels good, you know, from, from when we played at E3. I'm still worried about the story. Me too, 100%. Um, but I am, I remain, like, I'm ready to go all in me on too. that game. Um, I'd be disappointed if I'm so disappointed, I'm a, but I want to go all in, you know. Yes, like I'm ready. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for it. Like I'm, I've prepped myself. All right, I'm ready to put it. I'm ready to put 80 hours in this game. Like I just want to yeah, do it totally. Um, and I'm hoping it hooks. Um, so yeah, I remain, I remain excited. I'm, you know, it sounds like maybe uh, they'll probably do more of those, you know, betas and alphas or whatever as we get closer. And I'm, I'm hoping to get a chance to get more time on it than just the. You know, the really exciting, like, 20 minutes we had at E3, but it, that was just to go, oh, it's cool to move around in this game. But, you know, that's that's just one. Totally. Anno 1800 hits, which is another – I like the Anno uh, series pretty well. It's a city builder. This one's uh, 1800, so Industrial Revolution. Um, I haven't seen anything about this yet, but you'll find me there on day two or three playing that game, building <laughs> some fucking cities. Uh, Rob, have you seen anything about 1800 yet? Not really. I mean, no, because the Anno series is – very similar in terms of like what it's expressing about city builders yeah. and the way yeah. you're sort of building the society. And it's sort of weird commentary on like you get points for like creating a glamorous class of like rich socialites who do you jack sure shit. Do. Like literally do nothing. Yep. They are of no value except for scoring. And you got to give them what they need. <laughs> yeah. They're super fucking fussy. And so it's all about building this resource scaffold to like have this fucking like uh, Snowpiercer-esque, like, final car riding your fucking urban train uh, <laughs> yeah. through time. At the same time, these games are fucking gorgeous. They're challenging as hell. Uh, 1800, I'm ready to build a city with that architecture. Yeah. And, of you know, sort of uh, sort of waning ears of the Enlightenment as the Industrial Revolution is starting to come online. Give me that. <laughs> I'm very curious to see how they how they tackle some of that stuff. Uh, continuing to move uh, Dirt Rally 2.0. I've I've never played any of the Dirt Rally games. I'm sorry, Drew Scanlon. I know you're a fan. Uh, Austin, do you have a, do you, do you still have a meeting in like eight it's minutes? It's Joel. I can move it. Okay. You know I can All push right. it a little bit. Really, what I have is a meeting okay. at uh, what I really have is a meeting at two thirty, and the one with Joel just can't run into that one. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's fine because Rob and I have to record exactly. a podcast before I have to leave anyway. So, okay, I'm just I just wanted to see where we're. At. Uh, we, okay. We're not going to take a. Kato's like we should take a break. No, we we're going to finish before we can take a break. There, you're going to have to you're going to have to side yeah, load gonna, a break. The, the rest here. of the rest of the year is going to be a it lightning. Is, it round. is left alive. We're just talking about front mission. It's a front mission stealth action game in which that game's going to be bad. Gonna be, it's going to be bad. Listen, Patrick, let me hold out hope. Toe Jam and Earl Wait. are coming back, baby. That's going to be bad. To they're back, and you love them. <laughs> 
Rob Zachney, Total War 3. Hell yeah, I am ready for this. That showed great at E3. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really curious about how this whole, like, we're going to give you the classic Three Kingdom, uh, you know, Romance of the Three Kingdoms story with the fucking, like, magical powers and, like, pseudo-mysticism. And then we're going to realism mode where your characters can't apparently, uh, what's that thing that one dude does? Eats his eye in a battle and then whoops people's ass? Jihad Dune uh, eats, pulls his eye out, and to lose an eye is nothing for the world. Okay, anyway, continue. Yeah, point is, so they're giving you two versions where it's like, okay, we're one, like, realistic as far as, like, a Total War game goes, and there's the other version where it's like, yeah, okay, look, we know that you guys <laughs> love those Koei games, too. We love them, too, so fine, fuck it. Here's our spin on that. I'm curious how that's going to work out, but the game looked fucking awesome. Uh, Devil May Cry 5, speaking of things that look kind of fucking looks, awesome. Man, that looks really, really good. I'm Did you play the demo game. at all? I'd, I didn't play the demo, but I played a, a okay. demo of it at um at a PAX and was like really into it stylistically, aesthetic aesthetically. It has a cool and fun tone. Um, even as I, I will continue to stand for uh, Ninja Theory's DMC. Um, I think that was a great game. I but this also looks fantastic in a way that is actually not that dissimilar. And also go read some interviews with the like lead designer yeah. on Devil May Cry Five, in which he stands for Ninja Theory and says like they actually t- like took a lot of that game as a foundational uh, sort of how they built this game. That makes game. sense to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have a motorcycle for a, that turns into uh, axes, a Axes, two in different game. axes. So, yeah. fuck uh, it. <laughs> Tom Clancy's The Division 2 is March 15th. That's going to be, I'm curious. I That first game got its hooks into me for all of the criticisms I made of it and will continue to make of it. Setting that game in D.C. in, in 2019, you know, is, is going to be one of those things. It's like, all right, what are you doing with this? What are the factions? What, you know, so much of that of that first division was communicated through back backdrop stuff. You know, who are the factions that are trying to fight over the city? What are the what are their agendas? What are their ideologies? What is, and what do those things say about the politics and the theming and the ideas about what this game has about humanity are? So a lot of that work will be done. Will be one of those things that like as we get closer and they start doing their thirty second teasers about like the the true patriot faction believes that blah 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 and they have submachine guns will will like already help set the stage but i'm very curious to get my hands on it and see and also just curious to see like if they bring in some of the stuff i really loved about some of their expansion content right like obviously i don't think this game is set in the winter the way that the division one was but that survival mode that they released was really really good um and i'm curious to see if they continue doing stuff uh in that direction um continuing the seek the sinking city uh, which is the other Lovecraft game also hits uh, that year or that month, right? Which is the more ambitious open like, world, open, not open yeah. world, open worldy, yeah, uh, non-linear at least. There's a city for you to explore. Uh, it has right. different neighborhoods you travel between. It looks it looked really cool. I thought I was really impressed with what I saw at E3. Uh, at the same time, like you know, it may also be a very loving adaptation of Lovecraft that isn't necessarily bringing a ton of critique or perspective on it it's, it seems that um, way based on like the cinematic trailers yeah. and like the way they sent us an email like that was like introduction yeah. to it's very lovecraft like, the the, the yeah. father of cosmic horror yeah. i'm like he sure well, is like, <laughs> all the all the all the marketing is like tentacles and giant sea monsters like okay at least, at least, we, we know what we this, know what is. this is um, we'll, we'll see we'll see how they do I'm curious. Yeah. Shout outs to Frogwares, I guess. Uh, is it wait? Is that the Frogwares one or is the other yeah. one the Frogwares? Okay, mm-hmm. and they're good yes. at okay. making ga- at like this. detective games. Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Ooh. Tenchu Souls. I played Hell this game yeah. a couple of times now. I'm really enjoying it. 
Uh, every demo I've had has been really cool. I'm eager for another one of these, and, and the combat changes that are in this game seem really fucking cool. Like, the there is a sense of uh, momentum that it feels like it's adding on to the stuff that they did in Bloodborne. This is the new FromSoft game. Obviously, I, I should have set that up a little bit better. Um, it is... Eh. It is uh, yeah, maybe not. The, the idea of being very active in your blocking and parrying, making people learn how to do that stuff, but also giving them... Uh, a little more flexibility in terms of the windows of parrying and also in terms of the your life as a ninja. You get to, like, come back from the dead without having lo- without losing progress via, like, a kind of resurrection ability. Uh, you can't do that an infinite amount of times, so but you can do that a number of times in a row, and that means that you can, you can kind of, like, not... I don't want to say it seems like you can push your way through that game, brute force it, but it does seem like it gives you a little bit, bit of leeway as you're learning the ropes and getting better. Um, the one boss fight that was in the demo that I played was really fucking good. Uh, I'm so excited to see more of this game. Uh, and I'm, I'm also kind of glad I haven't seen more of this game, right? Like, I Yeah, I don't need to I see any more ready. of that game Just, before it comes yeah, out. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited because, like, when I... You know, when I play Dark Souls, I played your standard, you know, big heavy armor, sword shield, yep. roll around yep. a lot. Um, played Bloodborne. It got me out of that comfort zone because it didn't let me use a shield. It introduces, it makes pairing more integral to the experience, but it's still not a requirement. And what, and I've always resisted pairing because of the time investment yeah. and because you could kind of sidestep yep. it. And so I am excited for this game to say, Nah, like it's gonna yank me by the collar and be like, "You're gonna figure yeah. this out," because I have found that has paid residuals in other games where, like, I have become more aggressive when I play. Like in Dark Souls Three, I was way more yeah. aggressive and played way more like a Bloodborne character or just a more balanced character because of my experience with Bloodborne. Totally. And so I'm excited to have the game like try and get me to understand parrying and and integrate that into. Uh, the way it's I just like reading enemies, knowing when they're going to attack, thinking about how that's going. Anything that gets me more into that mode is good. You know, again, like the fact that we played a bunch of Monster Hunter last year probably helps in some ways. Um, yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is next year in April. Uh, I don't have anything to say about that besides we saw that trailer. Uh, yeah. Uh, Days Gone, also a game that I don't think looks <laughs> particularly good. And every time I've played it, I've not. I, I will play it. April twenty sixth. There's lots of zombies. I guess. I haven't seen any. I've seen 12 zombies in that game in the time that I played it. I saw 12 zombies and like 30 dudes with crossbows shooting at me. So, uh, sure. Rage 2 in May. Um, colorful post-apocalyptic shooters. They're they're here to stay. I'm more excited the about Jeff is going to endure and stand the test of time. Oh, my God. I'm more curious about that, I'll say, than about Far Cry New Dawn. Um, uh, the I'm... They've shown very little of the open world yeah. part of that game, which I think is a has been a huge mistake because the shooting parts that I played at E3, which was like mostly like go into an area and shoot a bunch of guys and kind of play with a couple of the powers. It wasn't bad, but it was certainly not what I was excited yeah. when I heard that Avalanche was making a rage game. And so I I came out pretty negative but not on the game or just, I think they showed the wrong yeah. slice of this. Um, um, Cause this, this is just going to be an element of a, of a larger game that will clearly have I hope. the open. I hope um, this has showed some vehicles. So I don't stuff. know. Like I hope that it's not basically just a combat vehicle racer shooter thing. Plus the first person combat. Like I hope that there is some thread that brings those things together in a way that makes me excited. Um, uh, Team Sonic Racing and Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled are out on the same, or a month apart from each other. Team Sonic Racing was okay when I played it. 
Um, it, I, I don't know that my first impressions were as strong as they were for uh, Sonic All-Stars Racing, which I think is, like, genuinely a it really It got a good pretty game. substantial delay, Yeah, didn't it? Like, that game was supposed to come out this year. Yeah, so I'm, I I'm a little cautious on that. Phoenix Point, the follow-up, the new Julian Gollop uh, XCOM-style tactics game about fighting Lovecraftian horrors that are breaking through. Um, that looks really hardcore in some ways. It looks, like, very, like, um, uh, crunchy, um, and I'm... Uh, we'll see i wish i'd seen something that like unequivocally did it for me that's me too. Just, that's where 100%. i'm at like if it's a great game i'm probably gonna play it like i love good tactics but there's totally. nothing about it that like like fired the imagination uh shenmue 3 in august which... speaking of firing the imagination <laughs> and we're gonna keep on moving uh I, you know shenmue had its it's sort of like kingdom hearts i'm happy for those fans to get yeah some, some yes. sort of some uh resolution totally. even if i have n- Zero confidence that game may be any fun to play, and I think people should temper their expectations. Fans don't seem to have any confidence like, that's going to be the case either. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, the, it hasn't looked very yeah. good. Like the, the the people you'd expect to be like Shenmue Shenmue defenders, like they're heading toward this. Like guys heading toward Omaha Beach, like is is how, how the entire yeah. run up to this release feels. Um, let's look ahead really quick and we'll all pick two of these things. We'll go around Robin here. We'll start with you, Rob. There's unscheduled okay. releases. Pick one of these things that you're kind of curious about. There, you know, there are dozens of other games on this list that don't have dates yet. Um, what here jumps out at you as something you're actually kind of curious about? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, okay, I'll punt on my first one. Uh, Imperator Rome. I am really curious to see Paradox, sure. like, tackle the Roman Empire again. I think... Uh, European Universalis uh, Rome was regarded as an interesting weird like it's it's not an EU game that's just its title it was regarded as an interesting way to take on the challenges of like modeling Roman era politics Um, I'm curious to see how they do that now with a way bigger budget and way more design experience under their belt uh, because it's an interesting world, and some of the things that they've said going into it have me really excited to see what they do. Totally. Patrick? Um, Man of Medan, oh, um, which yeah. is the uh, first of a uh, trilogy, but planned to be more than that if it's uh, successful, um, from the, the folks that did uh, Until Dawn, which is, I think is uh, a really tremendous uh, accomplishment in terms of sort of uh, playing around with the tropes of horror and making it enjoyable for folks that uh, can understand the wink nods versions and also just like it's a fun group activity uh, video game. Um, and I'm, I'm bummed we're not getting a direct sequel to that, but sounds like uh, Man of Madon and the sort of like shorter end uh, experiences they're going to do over the next couple of years, which actually I think is a smart move because Until Dawn is like a 10 to 12 hour game. And it like, I think these things would work better if they, not 90 minutes, but something, you know, between 90 minutes and, you know, 10 hours, somewhere in like the five, six to seven range, which is what they've said they're doing with this. Um, I'm curious to see how, where they go with that specific concept. There was just, the horror genre is just full of just the most uh, uh, trite uh, uh, shit that there is a lot you could do. And there are so many different worlds and setups and premises that you could play with. So I cannot wait to see what they actually do with that going forward. The first one for me is Dreams, which I think is about to enter a private beta for back or not, not like a, 
you know, all betas are limited in some ways. <laughs> Stockholders of the Sony Corporation. Of the, they're going into beta. Uh, there's a bigger beta hitting in January, is my understanding. Maybe it's it's I was gonna say late December. It's late December now, so January. Uh, that's a game that really stunned me yeah, at the pre E three Judges Week thing. Um, I saw it again at PAX, and it looked really cool. Um, I think it's gonna open a lot of conversations and tough conversations around uh, user generated content and ownership and a bunch of other shit. Um, but I also think that it seems as a tool for creativity really incredible, uh, and so I'm so excited to see what people do with that thing. Um, and we'll see. That'll, that should be sometime in 2019, hopefully. Uh, Rob, one more. Fine. I'll take. I'll, I'll. I'll be the one to take this bullet. I will burn my pick because we have to. Mech Warrior. Mech Warrior yeah. Five Mercenaries. Uh, I am like, I love those games. Like pretty much like Mech Warrior Two through Four. Like they all do different things, and I like everything they put down. I think the mercenary model has always been the best one for them because they provide this much as you see in BattleTech. It provides an interesting context for combat and actions when, like, you know, shit getting blown apart is, like, actual, like, resources you can use or have to replace. Uh, the game looks gorgeous. So, like, we saw some uh, footage from it for their, from their MechCon, uh, the sight of, you know, battle mechs doing their glorious dance of death and field of golden wheat. Like, it's, it's, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, it looks Also, good. saw a few things that concerned me, like the me fact too. the mech AI seemed completely perplexed by like dense urban settings yeah. and they appear to be leaning into dense urban settings uh but looks cool yeah agreed patrick one more from this list uh ori and the will okay. of the wisps um uh the first ori i think is a like top 10 uh, possibly top five of that type of game it, it was gorgeous it was in, uh, incredibly fun to play i i knock it be that game doesn't let you, when you get to the end, it locks off parts of the map that you cannot go back to. So, like, crucial to those types of games is like, oh, you finished it. I'm going to go back and, like, sweep up other stuff that I didn't get around to. Like, that is, like, <laughs> core to the DNA of how you build yeah. those games. And they fucking block off one of those sections. Like, I, I'm still annoyed that I uh, never quite uh, got around to, to being able to fill out that, that whole map and see everything. But it's just a... Really smart game, and the the bits I've played of the sequel seem like they aren't just doing another one of those. They are are trying to build on that in some some really cool ways. I mean, it looks gorgeous. It's it it, it sounds incredible, but um, mechanically they are doing some some really fun things in terms of the. It's a game about momentum, and they're building on that in some really smart ways that I'm I'm super curious to see uh, where it uh, where it ends up landing. It's a it's a game made for me, and I am I am here for. Sounds it. Sounds good. Ah, uh, boy, this is a tough one. There's only one spot left, and there's games here that I'm excited about, but we don't know anything about. Animal Crossing, theoretically, is next year, but I can't say that because who yeah. the fuck knows what that even looks like. Uh, there's stuff that we've already talked about, like The Outer World, which, again, just go back and listen to our Game of the Year one. Uh, so I'm going to continue to just be me all the way and say Damon X Machina, the other <laughs> big mech game next year. Uh, that is the Switch game that I'm not hyper-confident about in terms of how it plays, but I am hyper-confident about it in terms of its style. Uh, it is It yeah. looks incredible. There's some cool music. It has an incredible creative team on it uh, of people who have made... Uh, every who, who've touched everything from uh, the Armored Core series to some of my favorite uh, Mecha shows, um, and so let's let's I'm gonna hold out hope that that game comes together in a way that is something special. We will we will see. Uh, next year holds a lot for us all. Like there's a there's a lot of of uh, stuff that is on theoretically coming out next year. You know, um, 
and uh, we will we'll have to see which of those things actually hit a date. Um, I don't know if Campo Santo has just vanished into, into the the ether of Steam or Valve, or if if uh, 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 what is their new one called Valley in in uh, in the Valley of the Gods is real. If it's going to mm-hmm. hit, who knows about about so many other things, Fire Emblems and Gears of Wars and remember that Star Wars game that that uh, Respawn is making. Yeah, that'll well, come out. I'm excited. That's about next that. year. I think that's that that 2020. Cool. No, it, EA's financials require that okay. game to come yeah. out next fall. That game, that game will or come out next Anthem fall. Or Anthem blows up. I, I Anthem heard... saves the day for EA, like the way they're desperately hoping sure. it will. Um, I've I've heard that game is cool. Um, I'm excited to see Control. Like I, I, I'm, you know, I love anything yeah. that Remedy does. So like, uh, this seems like they're going off the deep end on that one in a way that I I'm excited uh, about. I'm trying to see other like you yep. know. Oh, that new Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein also. Like, Questions. yo, like, I love Wolfenstein. So, like, the two uh, daughters yep. uh, going out there and fucking Let's up some Nazis. Like, hey, I might need that in 2019. Uh, yeah, 100%. Just like I'm needed in you years You got to start prior. training Jessica for the future, Patrick. You need some lessons. <laughs> There's two other things we need to just very briefly, 20, 20 seconds. You each get to pick one of the following two things. I want your thoughts. Okay. Uh-huh. Sonic the Hedgehog, November 8th, 2019, Paramount Pictures. What are your thoughts? Rob Zachney. I talking try not about, to have them. About Sonic and Sonic's beautiful <laughs> legs. You don't want to talk about Sonic's thigh gap with me today? He doesn't He doesn't want to talk about the thoughts he's having ah, about see. Sonic. Patrick Klepek, Detective Pikachu, May 10th, 2019. That's so soon. Oh, day, day one. one. Day one. Hey, I'm going to tell my mom, put that on your fucking calendar. You are watching Jessica. She's not, I'm not going to get distracted by my kid at that movie. I'm ready for it. I just need to it. say real quick, I just looked on the Wikipedia, and the person who's directing Sonic the Hedgehog is named Jeff Fowler, and I misread it as Joel Fowler, and I was like, has Joel been seven out to, to direct the Sonic movie for the last year? Because if so, I want to know details. What have they done before? Give me IMDb uh, uh, quick. They did, well, well, they did animation research and development on where the wild things are. That's I liked that yeah. movie. All right. Uh-huh. Good. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, update, Well, you asked Austin. me. You asked me what they'd done. <laughs> and that is, they did a short called Gopher Broke in 2004. So you like rodents. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, well, I think you might be the director we're looking for for a new project. I can't tell you much about it just yet. Uh, but it's a well-known uh, rodent known for speed. He was in an episode of Gilmore Girls in 2002 as Bob. Sonic was? <laughs> God yeah. damn, that show yeah. went places. Yeah, he gets around, man. He gets around. Totally. All right. that is. Wait, he's from Normal, Illinois. Is that near you, Patrick? Are you near Normal? No, that well, that's uh, the, he's from middle of no. Well, Normal's a real city down there, but it's so uh, University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign is uh, where I went mm. to school, and that is right next to Normal, Illinois. Um, so yeah, wow. Okay, all right. That's wait, cool. wait, Look, wait, 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 wait. I'm, chain, I'm coming around. He also did yep. a short called A Gentleman's Duel, which seems to be about Victorian mechs. Hello. Hi. Tell me more about this. Is this online anywhere? Yeah, I'll link you. I'll link now I'm just imagining, know. like, what if it's like The Duelist, but with Max? What if he made a short, like, version of The Duelists? Uh-huh. But with Max. This looks all right. I'm going to link you this. changes everything. Uh, all right. I think on that note, we should call it quits. 
This is the last time I'll talk to y'all this year, obviously. And so, and so until you, well, we'll talk on Discord and all that. But thank you both for having a great podcast year uh, uh, with me. We already recorded the waypoints that will hit later this week. Um, we've done some fun stuff in podcasting this year. Uh, and thank you for, for listening. And thank you for hanging out. And thank you for participating, Rob and Patrick. Thank you to Kato for, the, for uh, also really killing it with production. Getting a lot of production work done ahead of time so that you can rest and everyone can rest over the holiday break. Um, uh, as always, shout outs in this case to Mello for letting us use uh, a track or for composing a track for us for this, these holiday seasons. Uh, this like persona meets meets holiday stuff is incredibly festive and good that, that, that he put together. You can find out more from Mello at 2mellowmakes.bandcamp.com or at mellowmakes on Twitter. I may have gotten those backwards. I always forget. Um... You find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Patrick, how about you? At Patrick Klubbick. Rob Zachney. At Rob Zachney. Follow Waypoint uh, at twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.vice.com. That is it for us. Any any final thoughts? Any last words? Someone take it from me. Take this burden from me. What do you me. think is the mech equivalent of the like open-handed slap and dropping of the gauntlet? The glove. You... Ooh, what do you do? Yeah, Fuck. like what does a mech do to like you unload? Like you just, rem- I think you grab like a camo tarp and just like and you just throw slap. it off. You yeah, sl- okay, you slap it. I was thinking it's more of the like you ad- you like eject all of your heat at once, so there's just this like steam like cloud, or like maybe you take you release a weapon and let it drop to the ground to be like it's it's just a cup time. I need a fucking mech series that's about like 18th century fops. Me too. Like my fucking Richard E. Grant, Scarlet Pimpernel ass uh-huh. mech series. That's what I'm here for. Stick around. 2019, six. please give Friends us Friends at that. the table. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. All right. That's going to do for us. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.